The following is a presentation of Dr. David Bank at the Center for Dermatology in Mount Kisco. Visit thecenterfordurham.com to find out how they can help you. Welcome to the Health and Happiness Show with Casey, a weekly presentation with guests, ideas, information, and fun designed to improve your life from Real Country 1260 WBNR and 1420 WLNA. Hi, it's Casey with your health and happiness. Did you know that when a man and a woman are both stressed out, the woman has eight times the blood flow to the brain than the man does? Women's minds speed up when they're stressed. Men's slow down. That's one of the things you learn in John Gray's Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus book. Such an amazing resource. And now there is a live funny stage show in New York City based on that book. Listen to when tickets coming up. And we all know we need to put down our devices and experience real life in real time. Gina Close has a question to ask around your Thanksgiving table this year about magical moments. But first, let's eat brunch with Bobby Flay. Hi, how are you? I'm fabulous. How are you? Fabulous. We're all fabulous today. We are. So listen, here's how I want to begin. I want to know if you can name all of your restaurants and TV shows. Of course. <laughs> you want me to try? I want you to try. Okay. Well, I have 19 Bobby's Burger Palaces, so that takes care of 19 of them. Then I have um, Mesa Grill in Las Vegas. I have Bar American in New York and in Connecticut. I have um, Gatto and, and Bobby Flay Steak in Atlantic City. And that would be it. That's it. Okay. And TV then, uh, shows? TV shows. Uh, currently, you mean? Yeah. Okay. I have uh, Brunch at Bobby's, of course, hence the book. Um, Barbecue Addiction. Um, Beat Bobby Flay. And, well, the next Food Network star is not on right now, but I'll be shooting that in January. When it comes back. Yeah. And how many books? Fourteen, I think. Do you ever wake up in the middle of the night and say, oh, my God, this is a lot to handle? About once a day. <laughs> I feel for you. I, you have a great, big, enormous life. You know, it's. Um, I, I feel very lucky. It's. Uh, it, it's. It's been a fun career, and it all revolves around food, which is obviously something that I just love. And, you know, it all starts with my restaurants, and then you know, of course, the TV and and everything else that sort of comes along with that. And it's been a fun, really fun ride. I have to say. Brunch at Bobby's, 140 recipes for the best party of the weekend, and I understand that for the first time you tackle pastries in this book. Well, I mean, just because you have to have, you do have to have some things from a pastry standpoint, but the things that I put in, the, in this book, they're, they're really easy, because I'm not really like a big baker or a pastry chef at all. But like, you know, we, but making like the, um, the blackberry hazelnut sticky buns and things like that, that, that kind of stuff's important when it comes to, you know, having like a really good bread basket and whatnot. Right. Blackberry sticky buns. Yeah. Just go ahead, make believe that, you know, my listeners are, we're all going to come to your house on a Sunday. What is the perfect brunch that you're going to make for us when we get there? First of all, I'm going to set up a Bloody Mary bar so everybody can make their own Bloody Mary. And like in the book, we, I give you like the sort of the playbook on how to do that. And then um, let's see. I think that we have to have, we certainly have to have, you know, something from the, um, from the French toast pancake 
division, right? Mm. You know, like there's there's only a handful of, of, of vehicles when it comes to brunch. So I would say like the carrot cake pancakes with the maple cream cheese drizzle and then maybe like some French toast, maybe either the almond croissant French toast with almond butter syrup or uh, maybe the bananas Foster's French toast. And and, and those are obviously in, in the, the sort of sweet department. And the thing I love about brunch is you can put sweet and savory on the same table. So maybe we'd make um, crab cakes Benedict or or actually how about like a frittata with peppers and onions and uh, and roasted cherry tomatoes? I think that that would be really good too. Yeah, I'm I'm there for the frittata. You went for that? Okay. Yeah, very good. very very good. Thank you. You know, of of all the celebrity chefs, you seem to be the fittest and the thinnest. <laughs> Truly, what's your secret to that? Oh, um, I have a couple of rules, and I had to put them in place a few years ago because I was—I I felt like I—I I didn't like what I was looking at in the mirror. You know, it's just—you know—you know that you know, there's that moment like where you just have to make a decision. It's right. going to go one way or the other. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, listen, it, to stay fit takes a lot of work and sacrifice, and a lot of times it's not that much fun. But I go to the gym a lot. I run a lot. I've always been a runner, and so I always try to do something from the cardio standpoint. You know. Five, five or six days a week and then I try to work out in some other way to keep myself you know fit and strong as, as much as I can but then you know there's you know eating is a big part of it and so I don't I don't eat late at night anymore or I try not to eat late at night although I was at a, I was at a party last night I was eating pizza um, so you're human all right we oh yeah you. yeah you can I actually went to the I actually went to the premiere of that new movie about um, chefs called burnt you know with Bradley Cooper oh, Piana yeah. Miller yeah and so uh, there was a party afterwards and I just put I actually I just posted something on my Instagram um, about 10 minutes ago where I'm eating pizza. So, <laughs> so, that, so I broke my rule last night, but usually I try not to eat late at night. And I try to, if I go to a restaurant, I only eat about three quarters of what's in front of me as opposed to all of it. Because wow. I always feel like the 12th bite is not, it's not better than the third bite. You know, it's just, it's just more of the same. Good advice. Good yeah. advice. And you hear this, people, if Bobby Flay, who owns 75,000 restaurants <laughs> and 2,500 TV shows, if he can do this, we can do this. We can find the time to exercise. Absolutely. I love it. Where is home for you? New York. Terrific. Oh, yeah. I'm a native New Yorker in Manhattan. And you grew up in Manhattan. I did. I've, I've lived here my entire life, and I, and I love it. Thank you for staying. Of course. I love that. State of New York is where it's at. Now, when you're out jogging, <laughs> do you ever, like, jog past a place and say, hmm, I should buy that and open a restaurant? Uh, all the time. <laughs> and it's hard not to. I mean, it's almost like I'm addicted to opening restaurants. But, again, you have to be really selective and... It's, it's important not to over, you know, overwhelm yourself, which you know sometimes I do, and so I, I, I need to be careful. Right, you need to be careful. Brunch at Bobby's, 140 recipes for the best part of the weekend. One more question. You are coming home from work. It's been a long day. You've been to you know your restaurants. You've been to your television studio, all of that. You're coming home. You're kicking off your shoes. You're going to sit on the couch. You're going to have a, a, a snack. What's it going to be? Bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> um, a snack probably going to, well, um, is it late or is it early? It's, it's early because I know you don't eat late. I don't, I, I don't eat late at night. It's probably going to be probably like an egg sandwich or something like that. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty um, simple eater and I love cheeseburgers. So it could definitely be that for sure. Bobby Flay, his new book is Brunch at Bobby's, a nice hostess gift. If you're going to someone's house for Thanksgiving or any time. We are going to New York City for a live show. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. That's next. This is the Health and Happiness Show with Casey. 
on Real Country 1260 and 1420. Find out more and listen to previous shows online at caseyradio.com. We're with Dr. David Bank from the Center for Dermatology, Cosmetic, and Laser Surgery in Mount Kisco. Doctor, what's new with fillers? Can you explain what they are and how they work? Fillers are substances we inject into and under the skin to restore the volume that our face loses with time and sun damage. Okay, tell me more. We've had fillers available for years like collagen, Restylane, Juvederm, but we focus on filling the lines of the face, like the ones from the corner of the nose to the corner of the mouth, or the lines from the corner of the mouth towards the jaw. Now medical science has realized that these lines are causing significantly by loss of volume in the cheeks above. Now more than just filling the lines, we're adding filler to the cheeks above the lines. Does that make the face look puffy? No. If done correctly, it's subtle and looks completely natural. Patients often report that friends can't put their finger on it, but they say, you look great. We thank you, Dr. Bank. And where can we find out more information? They can go to thecenterforderm.com or call 914-241-3003 for a personal consult, 241-3003. Hi, it's Casey. Over 50 million copies have been sold worldwide. John Gray's book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. I had John Gray on the show the first time back in 2010. And now Peter Story joins us. Peter is bringing John Gray's book to life at New World Stages through November 29th. Get your tickets now at telecharge.com or listen to Win a Pair. How did this stage show begin, Peter Story? This actually started in Europe. It was a very popular show in Holland, uh, and then it moved to France. And the producer saw it in uh, Holland and said, you know, this would do really well in the United States. So he talked to John Gray and got the North American rights and hired Eric Koble, the playwright, who uh, developed the script 2012 into early 2013. Uh, and then I auditioned in early 2013 and, and got the job in springtime and started uh, late April of 2013. I've been touring ever since, done about 230 shows. I've been to about 35 states, about 80 cities. And now New York. How do you feel about New York, Peter Story? I feel like all of it has been leading up to this moment. It's every artist's dream to come to New York and perform for, you know, the most sophisticated and greatest theater audience in the country. So I feel like I've had a lot of practice to hone this show and, and hone my skills as a one-man performer and and, uh, and put it up on that silver platter ready for, uh, ready for New York. And we are all ready to just take this dish out and serve it. Yay. So it's all you alone? All me, all the time. <laughs> oh my. So tell us the background. What's the story? Uh, well, basically, it's a one-man, I call it my one-man Cirque du Soleil, because I really do kind of pull from all of my bag of tricks. I, I dance, I sing, I do characters, I do impressions, uh, and then we also have some really great animated videos that kind of go throughout the show to illustrate some of the finer points so that I don't have to go into too much detail where we can turn it over to some fun animation. For example, when we go into the differences between the dopamine and serotonin levels in the brain and what that means for a woman versus a man, um, we can go to the animation videos and actually see little dopamines and little serotonins, which end up being a lot funnier than me uh, describing the actual event. And it's been really fun, you know. It's it's in no way like a seminar or conference or anything like that. For, for the average theater goer, it's going to feel very much like a stand-up comedy show. Uh, and I've, I've worked very hard to make it feel that way. But it, it's not exactly because I'm not a stand-up comedian and I did not write this material. 
material. It was written by a really great playwright. But my job is to bring so much comedy in that it that uh, it, it's a hilarious moment from from beginning to end. And uh, it's a great date night. You know, whether you're you're married or you've just started a relationship or you've been in a relationship for a long time, uh, this is a great spark. You know, it's a great spark to remind you the things that make relationships great, or it's a great spark to help you start asking those questions on whether or not that significant other might be the one. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus live. And I understand, Peter's story, that you actually won a dream wedding competition. Tell me about I that. I did. I did. My wife and I, we won um, a competition called the $100,000 Dream Southern California Dream Wedding Giveaway. Um, we were, uh, you know, a younger couple, and we were trying to crunch all the numbers for getting married, and uh, it was just not working out, no matter how much we wanted to. But, and yet we still wanted to be married. So my wife, in a desperate attempt, found this online competition on a website called Broke Ass Bride. <laughs> <laughs> and she she, uh, she wanted to sign up for it, and I told her she's crazy. And uh, she said, no, I really think we should do it. And she talked me into filling out the application, and I did. Of course, you know, whenever I get into something, I go into a full bore. So we went on to a full bore, and we did the entire competition. It was an online questionnaire, and then the next level, it was online voting, and then the next level, it was a big, huge party with all of the sponsors. And we beat out over 600 couples and found out uh, on Valentine's Day 2010 that we won, and we had the most lavish, extravagant wedding that two poor kids possibly could have. I mean, from the ice sculpture to the hand-painted aisle runner to the jewelry for the bridesmaids to the tux, I mean, you name it. We had it. It was incredible. Oh, wow. And how's married life working out for you guys? I think it's working out great. I love being married. You know, I'm an, I'm, I'm a hopeless romantic and I'm old-fashioned, so I, I was never really... Um, happy with the dating life, the dating pool. I really, you know, love the relationship status. So, uh, you know, once I found a great wife, my wife Megan is an incredible lady. You know, once I found her, I, I snatched her off the market before I, I like to tell people I got her before she got in the open market. <laughs> well, good for you. So have you picked up any tips from the Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus live show? Yeah, there's been many things that I've picked up from the show and, I, and I've taken home. And if, I, and if I don't do them right, you know, Megan knows the show so well, she will remind me of them. She will call me to the mat for them. But one of the things, a couple of things that come to mind are, you know, when we were early on, being married, Megan would say things like, I feel overwhelmed. I just, I look around and I feel so overwhelmed by everything. And of course, my male logic response to that is, you know, there's nothing to be overwhelmed about. There's nothing to be worried about. It's just A, B, and C. We just got to do that. It's no big deal. But when you you start to delve into our show and you realize that in those moments of stress for the female brain, there is eight times the blood flow rushing to the brain and that the dopamine and serotonin levels are literally flip-flopped and doing something completely different than what happens in the male brain in chronic stress, that you realize that it's not our job as the man to go in there and try to fix it, that the, that the ladies from Venus, the Venusians, they are not as interested in logic as they're interested in compassion. And they want us to just stand there and listen you know what I mean? And let them get through this moment when all of these dopamine and serotonin levels are going crazy. And so that's been a big one for me. I've learned more to listen 
to be there as just a, a listener for those moments. We talk about the point system because us guys, when we do these great things for our ladies, sometimes we want cartwheels. We want lots of praise. We want them to realize what a great thing we've done. And that's when we talk about in the show that, the, you know, the way Martians and Venusians keep score is very, very differently. Dr. Gray compares it as this. He said, you know, for ladies, every single um, act of love is one point. Even if it's a big thing, it's a one point thing. So right. instead of giving a dozen roses, which we guys think is 12 points, <laughs> to the lady, that's one point. <laughs> so it's better to give one rose 12 times than it is to give 12 roses one time. And that was a big deal for me because I would plan all these elaborate things that had all of these, you know, working parts to make them happen. And I would think they would be totaling up to a whole bunch of points. And that's just not the case. No, and one it, point. And, and just one point. Just one point. And it's the little things. It's the easy things. It's the, it's the winks. It's the nudges. It's the little whispers, the little words of encouragement. And that's great. And I remind the guys, that's great news for us because these are cheap and easy things. Right. Cheap and easy. Cheap and easy. <laughs> Don't say it. <laughs> Don't say it. Well, listen, you have learned your role well, and I'm happy for you, and I'm happy for your wife. So you're in New York until November 29th, and then what happens? And then we have uh, Portland, uh, and then we have Nebraska, and then we have probably about 40 other cities continuing on to the next year. This show has been doing so well. You know, word of mouth is a big deal for us. We have a lot of people coming back to our shows for a second time. We have a lot of people telling people to come to our shows. So every city we go to, uh, we do better and better. More people come. Uh, there's been some cities I've been to three times, and we're showing no signs of stopping. So we have tour dates all the way through fall of 2016. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus, live on stage at New World Stages. Get your tickets through November 29th, telecharge.com. If you'd like to win a pair of tickets, email me at caseyradio.com. Have alcohol or drug dependence made your life or the life of someone you love unmanageable? For more than 100 years, St. Christopher's Inn has been the place where men in crisis find hope. Located in Garrison, New York, St. Christopher's Inn is a residential shelter and substance abuse treatment center where no man is turned away because of race, religion, or ability to pay. If you or someone you know needs to find a way out of addiction, call us at 8 800-424-0027 or visit our website at stchristophersin.org Hi, it's Casey. We know we should put down our phones, step away from the computer, and remind people, especially children, to connect face-to-face, eye-to-eye. In her new book, What Are Your Magical Moments?, Gina Close reminds us to reconnect with little assignments meant to help us reflect and engage before we forget how to collect and create magical moments. Right, Gina? Well, I have to tell you, over the years, more and more and more, we see people more and more connected to technology. Everywhere you go, people are looking at a cell phone or they have a tablet in front of them. People rarely look up. You go to a restaurant, you see couples on dates on their phone, and and you see parents actually giving their toddlers and their babies either phones or tablets to appease them rather than caring for them or lifting them up. And and those experiences, every experience that we have in our lives leaves a biological and an emotional imprint. And I'm noticing that people are missing real life. Every experience we have in our lives leaves, leaves a biological and emotional imprint where? 
in our in our bodies and our minds. So our minds process things. So if, if let's just say you have we have a challenging moment that leaves a memory. We have a good moment that leaves a memory. We connect to TV and we connect to um, our computers and our cell phones. That leaves a connection imprint in our body. And and what happens? Is what they're finding now with a lot of younger people, they're able to connect to technology. Great, but they're losing that biological and that emotional ability to attune to someone, the person right in front of them. They're losing their, that, that correlates to that person's capacity for friendship, for empathy, for connection. About 11 hours or more people are spending on technology, adults. Yeah. And so they, they're losing that ability to really connect with someone. You know, I, I work with a lot of young adults and, you know, they break up with people on Facebook. They get together on text and yet they're awkward when they're meeting people in person because they haven't built that ability. Like, you know, and I, I feel like I'm a little bit the older generation, but that ability to just sit with someone and enjoy the pleasure of someone's company without the need to pick up their phone. Yes, I was with a young lady the other day, a young niece of mine, and um, and I was walking her down the street because my neighbor has horses. And I'm just tuned into nature, you know, listening to the birds. Yeah. It's just about uh, dusk and then the crickets started to creak and she says well this is an awkward silence and I said no honey it's not it's not an awkward silence it's a beautiful silence I said when two people are comfortable with each other it's okay to be quiet so sometimes when you see people who are quiet it means you know they're happy I said it could also mean they're mad but right now I'm just happily enjoying my time with you without speaking so I understand what you mean about these imprints and, and how the moments matter and I also understand that children who are device raised Learning how to pick up emotional cues can be lost on them because your devices have no emotion. Well, that's right. And so, you know, it's use it or lose it, right? If a baby or a toddler is given a cell phone or a tablet rather than their mother's touch or the voice or looking into their father's eyes, they won't learn what that means. They won't have the experience of that biological connection. Right. And look, technology is completely important. You and I are using technology to connect now. I was raised uh, listening to the radio with my dad, and I used to drive around in his car, and he'd say, honey, just listen, and you'll learn a lot. Wow. And yet, I know, he said, you'll learn a lot, and, and just listen applies in life, too. Yeah. Just listen to the people in front of you or nature. I tune in that way. It's so funny. When you were driving around in the car with your father, did you ever sit on the hump in the back seat? Well, I have to confess, he had a Volkswagen with a sunroof, and he used to let us sit up above on the sunroof and sit outside. Totally illegal now. Right. But we'd play music, and we would laugh and just have fun. And wow, you that's know, so funny. We don't do that anymore because your kids in the car now, they're connected to their phone. Right. And right. you miss life. It was interesting because, you know, our society now teaches, and it has for many years, taught us that to be happy, we have to do more, be more, and have more, and work harder. And yet, real life passes us by. There was one of my readers, Bill, from Chicago. He worked for the phone company. 20 years, he's driving home. He pulls into his driveway, exhausted, tired, thinking, oh, my wife's going to want time. I should spend time with my kids, and I still have paperwork to do. He plops in sits on the couch, picks up What's Your Magical Moment, reads the first chapter and laughs out loud because one of the questions um, in the reflect set, the section said, hey, what are you working so hard for anyway? Yeah, so you can and spend laughs, more time with your family. With your wife, with your <laughs> wife, with your kids, and you can have more fun. And, you know, tomorrow is not promised to anyone. And despite living in this hectic, fast-paced world, there are moments of beauty, of joy, of grace, of good, and yet you have to look up. You have to look notice up. them. 
Yes. Yeah. And, you know, it's not an all or nothing world. It's not like kids are completely on their devices and never looking into their father's eyes. What we're looking for is more of a middle ground where we're just, everybody's aware that maybe handing them the device, and we're speaking of children, maybe handing a child a device isn't the best thing. Well, it's not, and it's also as parents and as an adult, you know, we set, we set the example, and it's important. So, you know, you can, there are many tips in the book about how to create magical moments, but what we do, we, if you come to our house, and when you do in California, we sit around the table, and we share magical moments, and you learn so much. We went around the table once, and this story's in the book, go around the table, and my son brought his friend, Austin, who had just started school at the high school, and he was an amazing athlete, football, basketball player, but super quiet. And we, when we got to him, I said, hey, Austin, so it's your turn. What's your magical moment? And he paused and he looked up and he said, you know, my magical moment was a week ago when I went to the airport to pick up my father for, after his tour of duty in Afghanistan. Mm. He's alive and many of his friends aren't. And for me, that's the biggest magical moment of my life. Wow. And we would never have known that had we not asked the question. I just paused and said, wow, I love this because now we know what, what's important to him. You learn so much. We had another one of our readers call and say, hey, Gina, I wanted to share with you. I, I, I did the dinner thing, the magical moment dinner thing. And my 11-year-old son looks up and says, hey, my magical moment is not getting bullied anymore at school. Ah. And his said, what? What? What's that all about? So, wow. You know, it's the small things. It's the big things. Mm-hmm. It's just realizing, hey, our life is made up of, of moments and stories. And we're not going to, at the end of our life, saying, gee, I answered every text or email or was connected, you know, you remember the moments with the people you love, the things you did, the good you did in the world. And we can create more good in the world by asking about each other's magical moments. Maybe you want to do that around the Thanksgiving table this year. If you'd like a copy of What's Your Magical Moment by Gina Close, email me at caseyradio.com and go have a magical week. You've been listening to The Health and Happiness Show with Casey. The content of The Health and Happiness Show is intended for general information purposes only. The Health and Happiness Show is a presentation of Dr. David Bank at the Center for Dermatology in Mount Kisco. Visit thecenterforderm.com to find out how they can help you. You can listen to previously broadcast shows online at caseyradio.com. Join Casey for another edition of The Health and Happiness Show next Sunday morning on Real Country 1260 WBNR Beacon and 1420 WBNR. WLNA Peekskill.